Welcome back to episode two of Flop Stars, a brand new podcast looking at our favorite pop stars in our hearts who can't quite compete on the charts. I'm joined once again by our resident pop expert, Nick Kelly, to look at two projects that were criminally underrated commercially, but won cult adoration. This week, our attention is shifting from Carly Rae Jepsen to Charlie XCX and her two 2017 mixtapes, Number One Angel and Pop Two. The two projects released in quick succession transform Charlie's career and the pop landscape too. Let's waste no more time and get straight into it. Nick, we've made it back for episode two. Against Can't all odds. Can't believe it. I know, yeah. Against technical challenges, um, we are here for episode two of Flop Stars. This will be a podcast that is weekly. And I think we need to speak it into the world that it will be weekly and we'll be looking we at need a different to. We flop need to star moments. Exactly. I'm all about manifestation in 2020. So who are we looking at this week? This week we are looking into Charlie XCX, but not just all of Charlotte XCX. We're looking into the mixtapes Pop 2 and Number One Angel. So if you cast your ears back a few years ago, you'll remember that Charlie dropped two mixtapes in the space of a year. They were each 10 tracks long. And they were the first thing that really put her into, apart from the Vroom Vroom AP, that really put her into that PC music world and transformed her into the experimental pop star that we know her as now. And also the mixtape thing was really odd for a pop star to do. And I don't think she herself still really understands what differentiated it from an album, but it meant that they came out quicker (laughs) and it meant that she could do two in one year. And I think you'd agree. I think it totally changed her career. Absolutely. I think it came at a time when the structure of how people were releasing music was starting to change. I mean, this was a few years after New Music Friday became a thing and after Friday became sort of the the standardised release day and impact day for songs and releases. And people were kind of experimenting. People were thinking, well, you know, it's 2017. What if I put this out on a Thursday? You know, I'm really going to change the game here. Um, and the same was going with the with the sort of the bodies of work people were making. It was no longer EPs and albums. Hip hop and R and B had set up this sort of thing many years ago, where mixtapes were sort of a thing, which wasn't an album. It wasn't an EP. It almost felt like you didn't have to put the the same sort of qual. I don't want to say quality but you didn't have to have the same amount of thought behind the release and it didn't have to have the same amount of cohesion behind it as an album. People were like, here's just 10 really cool songs that I think you'll like, or here's 25 really cool songs that I think you'll like. And that was, yeah, Charlie was really the first sort of major, you know, major label mainstream pop star, um, as mainstream as you could call her in 2017, that kind of did that. And now we see a lot of pop people doing exactly that. Yeah, I think we need to contextualize why we're throwing Charlie into the flop star category because she actually has had quite a bit of success in her career obviously boom clap being the big one and then her feature on fancy and she wrote I love it and then slapped herself on the feature for that as well um so she's not she's technically also she's had doing it with Rita Ora she's had like enough hits to consider herself a mainstream pop star but at the point that she came out with these mixtapes, it felt like she was kind of lost in what she wanted to do. She didn't want to chase Boom Clap anymore. She was over that mainstream sound. She was still playing support act for big pop stars on big tours. But what she really wanted to be doing is kind of controlling her own narrative. And so instead of releasing singles, she kind of scrapped this third album that 
she had planned and she decided to go with these mixtapes and it sounded like she didn't really give a shit if it performed commercially or not. And it came from a place of kind of frustration with the label where she wanted to put out all these records and they weren't letting her. So she was kind of like, you know what? I'm going to call this a mixtape. And they were like, oh yeah, just get rid of it. Put it out. <laughs> Little were they it- to know the the kind of seismic shift that it would have in the pop world. And now I'm sure they claim every single inch of it, but... Absolutely. I mean, and, and re- realistically, you're right. She was missing from the... She was missing from the radio at this point. She didn't have any commercial radio hits. You know, she really hadn't had one since... since um, Probably Fancy was probably the last one she'd had. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, Break the Rules and, and even doing it from um from sucker sort of made a little impact on australian commercial radio at least um but predominantly she'd been missing and she definitely wasn't a household name so she kind of had nothing to lose going into this and all she wanted to do was feed her genuine fans and her 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 sort of p1 audience that's obsessed with pop music obsessed with different sounds you know yet again we're talking about a gay icon here as well the gays love her um but let's not forget too sorry to jump in like Oh, you're more than welcome. Queer audience wasn't that queer audience wasn't like properly established before the mixtapes. I mean, Vroom Vroom had kind of like started the movement, but Vroom Vroom has kind of escalated in influence as her career's gone on. But she wasn't like she didn't have a diehard fan base in the sucker era the way she does now, where her shows are literally absolutely wild with people that make her look like she's the biggest pop star in the entire world. Still one of the most insane shows I've ever been to um, was her Taylor Swift after party when she performed on the Taylor Swift tour of Australia, which was one of the biggest pop tours of the decade. Um, she then did these club night after parties, which were fantastic yeah. and filled with those sort of, you know, those sort of B-side records and not just the hits. Um, and, and every Charlie concert I've been to since is a wild wild party and yeah you're right i think it really kind of developed when she decided to change the narrative a little bit she'd always been sort of you know before these mixtapes came out she'd started a record label um she'd you know room room had come out and she was sort of changing up the way that she did pop music and not really conforming anymore but then these mixtapes kind of have nailed that i mean she brought uffy back out into the into the yeah. stratosphere. The collaborators on things. A wild Uffy exactly. has appeared. <laughs> Do you wish to capture it? Um, <laughs> she brought out some wild collaborators for these records. And I think, you know, people who have a similar vision to her in terms of the fact that you just don't have to do the normal pop thing anymore. And these didn't sound like normal pop records either. Yeah. And they were received really well. There wasn't really a hit record off any of them, you wouldn't mm. say. But... The critics absolutely loved it, and Pop 2 in particular has become this kind of benchmark of experimental pop now and ended up on a lot of the end-of-decade lists, and its influence seems to be only being seen now as we live in this, like, post-PC music world of pop music, even commercially. I mean, the, even the new Anne-Marie single sounds like it's kind of from the <laughs> Charlie XCX playbook. And Shout we know Anne-Marie birthday. loves a good trend. Shout stream birthday. <laughs> I need to ask you, what um, what do you reckon is your favourite record off both of these two mixtapes? What's your what's the song that stayed with you the most? The one song that stands out. Hmm. Uh, I think track 10 for me. Okay. 
which became blame because... it on your love on the album, didn't it? Exactly, which was which was strange. But I think when I think about hearing track ten, it sounded like she was literally blowing up pop music. Like it sounded like the entire thing there was like a pop music apocalypse, and track ten is what was left. And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> and it's like emotional and really beautiful but then it sounds like ugly and terrible at the end i just i love it what about you yeah i reckon it's it's a really difficult one because there's some some smashes on there i think three a if i had to choose one from each yeah. three a.m from number one angel for me just kind of felt like the biggest moment on there it may not have been the most experimental and the most true to what the mixtape was trying to do but it was the one that's resonated with, with me the most. Um, and then off off Pop 2, I agree with what you're thinking on track 10, but it's still not the one that kind of sticks with me um, yeah. either. And I remember you and I, when Fembot came out, I was yeah. quite anti-Fembot. Very anti-Fembot. <laughs> I've seen its impact and it stays with me. Um, out of My Head stays with me as well. I think Backseat was a little, the Carly Rae Jepsen collaboration was a little bit of a miss. It probably could have been a little bit more, I don't know, it just sounded like a demo to me. Um, but yeah, if I've got to choose one, I reckon it's Fembot. Okay, well, this leads me into the game, which you've basically already played now. So I'm going to give you a song from both mixtapes and you've got to choose yep. which one you like the most so Brilliant. the first one is out of my head from pop 2 first 3 a.m pull up from number one angel you've just gone with two absolute icon moments these stand out to me these two as like if there had to be a single off both of them like these are these are them yeah yeah, I agree. And these de- these easily could have been radio songs, I reckon. And and out of my head, I remember getting a little bit of radio action, but nothing major. So we're talking 3am, the collaboration with Mo, or Moo. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Out of My Head featuring Tuvalu and Alma. Um, oh, it's hard. This is hard because both of them have massive choruses. Both of them are hooky moments with, with icons featuring. I'm going to yeah. have to go 3am. It still sticks with me, that song. Yeah, I agree with you. I'd go 3am as well, but it's super close. You know what? Um, with that, sticking with 3am for a second, my favourite bit of that is when is Mo at the end of the verse going, I don't really care anymore! Yeah, that's that's the best bit. She had the best bit on both mixtapes. I really like her bit on Porsche, and I really like her bit on 3am pull-up as well. Yeah, and sometimes, it, sometimes across these records... Sometimes across these types of records that have a lot of collaborations, not necessarily the Charlie ones, the features can kind of feel a little bit unnecessary. And they almost feel like, well, we're friends and we're sort of contemporaries of one another, but we, you know, there's no reason for me to feature on this, but I will because we're friends. But I feel like every collaborator on the rec- on these two records we're talking about today had a reason to be there. And, and yeah, that's a really I good example. absolutely agree. I'm glad that you said that because... It felt like for both records, and maybe Pop 2 more so than Number One Angel, it felt like a like a gang that was kind of surrounding around Charlie that really made sense, which is why when she did those Pop 2 shows and she brought out those special guests, it was like such an occasion because everybody who's a fan of Charlie is now a fan of the artists that was were featured on the mixtapes, and it felt so right. It yeah, felt like a exactly. really like... 
um, vibrant, like creative community that she'd built. And I think that was the most exciting part about it. And it's kind of carried on to the Charlie album as well. Okay, the next one are the two cupcake features. I got it versus lip gloss. I got it, 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 I got it. Let's bring a honey girl to the room. What's your capacity? Oh. Oh. You're really pitching, pitting women against each other here. Because <laughs> both of my, them are... Sp- my intention. <laughs> of course. Um, this This is actually a very difficult one because... Lip gloss has those really sharp, intense synths at the start, and you just know it's going to be this big bang. Um, but I got it. I got it. Feels more like a cultural moment. Yeah. So I'm really torn. This is possibly the hardest one you've given me, not just on this podcast, but on the last one when we did a similar segment. Um, oh, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to have to go. I got it. Yeah. I agree with you again. Damn, is, I want us to have some kind of contention. This is extremely boring <laughs> podcasting. I got it is just like, to me, I was actually talking about this today. To me, it sounds like a punk song almost. It's like yes. got this raucous raw energy that sends everybody absolutely batshit crazy when she plays it. And but zero disrespect to lip gloss. Absolutely, yeah. We're giving a very honourable mention to lip gloss. <laughs> um, okay, final one is Fembot, which we mentioned briefly before, verse I Love You Too. Mm, I'm going to go Fembot, considering it was my favourite from either mixtape. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go Fembot. It's very easy. I'm going to go I Love You Too on this one. I still haven't come around to Fembot. It still annoys me. We finally have a point of contention in the we podcast. We finally this have so one. Exciting. We don't even have the energy to argue about it. <laughs> no, I don't know. So, so, I mean, yours, from what I can tell, your, your choice there is almost like a best of a bad bunch situation. What? I Love You Too? <laughs> no, yeah. I love I Love You Too. I, like that's I think that's the only Danielle Ha one on number one angel and I think it's like one of the most exciting ones um Fembot is definitely at the bottom of pop two for me <laughs> apart from maybe delicious it'd be between those two I feel like people are not gonna like that because everyone loves Fembot but it's all right we're gonna throw our honest opinions out to the audience and then get absolutely roasted in the comments section it's the point also the just podcast, to just it? for context too nick and i were surrounded by two people who played that song <laughs> beyond the point of death so that may have some <laughs> something to do with our decision making <laughs> there is context to these two records they were at a pivotal time in sam and my lives um and, and a pivotal time in our friendship and, and Fembot was really soundtracking a lot of that friendship. And I took a while to come around to it. And I believe by the middle of this you year, have Sam, Stockholm you'll be around. syndrome, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that, right. was, that, was, that was good. We're going to move on. Okay. I want to ask you, do you think Charlie's career would look the same now? had she released that third album and not released these mixtapes? Absolutely not. These were, I still reckon, the most pivotal moment in her career. 
Um, she, as we were talking about at the start of the podcast, she blew up the way releases were done. She blew up the way pop, a mainstream pop star was supposed to produce their records. You know, you weren't meant to use PC music producers and underground London DJs to make records with. Um, her, yeah. I, I think her meeting AG Cook was probably the most, and also Sophie and, and Danny, um, but meeting AG Cook, I think, really changed the game for Charlie and changed absolutely changed how she was going to make records. Um, it, yeah, if she'd just kind of gone with that with that um, elusive third album, it just she I don't think she'd be as impactful to the people that really care about her. Yes, she may have more, you know, Karen from Texas fans. <laughs> that hear her on the radio and can leave her on driving the kids to school. But she wouldn't have garnered this devout, intense, meaningful fan base had she yeah. not done these two two records and created the hype and anticipation around them that she managed to do. Do you think that the critical conversation around pop music, because obviously since this has happened, there seems to be... I don't know, there was always like a cultural cringe around pop music when it came to critical appraisal and that definitely changed around the time of the Charlie mixtapes. Even if you look at just the way Number One Angel was reviewed as opposed to Pop 2, you can see that shift already happening. Do you feel like Charlie has changed the way critics look at pop music? Absolutely. And I think, you know, this also goes back to what we were talking about in episode one with Carly, but I think you've got to if you're going to try and break down a barrier like the tall poppy syndrome and the, the negativity around pop music and, and basically invent poptimism, you've got to do it so intensely and, and, and it, uh, what's the fucking word? Impactfully. You've got to really yeah. just throw every pop sound to the wall, do the most, what some may think of as corny, but smart, you know, predictable pop structures and then surround those pop structures with interesting weird production that doesn't make sense and hasn't been done in a mainstream pop environment before you give people yeah. time to sit with that and get used to it and then it becomes part of what people expect from pop music yeah absolutely agree i think um we can give a lot of a lot of like praise to critics for finally jumping on the pop train but it is charlie's fans who've done most of the work and they're an absolutely mental bunch and I love them to death and I want to celebrate them with a game. So it's in a similar vein to last week's Ikea furniture review or Carly Rae Jepsen review. Um, but this is, is it a fan reviewing Charlie XCX or is it a comment on a Pornhub video? Oh, this is strong. But can I ask about the research? <laughs> Behind this, yes. Have you? Uh, I was hoping you were just going to bypass that. No, no, no. I want to dive into comments it for a few years now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got it entirely off a Reddit thread. It was very PG, <laughs> and I will not hear anything otherwise. I just Thank saw. I just much. saw your partner appear in the background with a concerned face on when you mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> she suggested the game, so. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, she's also passed me a post-it <laughs> note to remind you that it's called... <laughs> that it's called XCX or Triple X. That's so good! That's an excellent <laughs> name! XCX or Triple X. 
now she's angry at me for missing the name. Yeah, you've got to... Like, anyway, everyone This is something we'll now. learn. We're only on episode two, but Sam, you're the anchor of this show. And and what, what you'll learn is, uh, you know, I, I've learned in my nine, exper- nine years of experience in <laughs> anchoring radio programs, you've got to yeah. set things up with a headline, you know? You've got to set things up with a, with a, with a name, and then we explain what happens. So this is XCX or Triple X. I've been trolling Pornhub for the last five years, finding comments, and also I've been trolling Charlie XCX fan reviews. That's how it. My good name is being dragged. I feel like. (laughs) Also, it's a very interesting dynamic that you're the one with the radio experience, but I'm the one leading this shit show in kind of a very incoherent manner. Hey, it's nice to be on the other side of the desk for once. Yeah, exactly. Let's get on with this game. Look, let's 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 do this. I'm really excited. Okay, are you ready for the first one? Yes. Actually, I'm not going to start with that one because it makes me laugh too much. <laughs> We're going to start with something normal. Okay. Um, the first one is very suitable for bedtime. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I'm just thinking of any Charlie records now. Now. Let's clarify, is this a review of anything about Charlie or, or is this a review of something on the two mixtapes that we're discussing? So this is a review of either of the two mixtapes. So these are user video. reviews. So these are taken from either YouTube or Metacritic. Okay, got you, got you. Um, I feel like this could be a review of White Roses from Number One Angel, a soft, delicate kind of pop record not too many hard-hitting drums or PC music kind of squeaks going on. So I'm going to say this is a review specifically of the song White Roses, track seven on number Well, wow, you're going for the double the double points. Yeah, yeah. But Charlie, XCX is my answer. You re- really want to win that Amazon voucher that's on the line. <laughs> Thanks to our sponsor, Amazon, this week. MailChimp have pulled no, their sponsorship. There's no Amazon voucher on the line. <laughs> we don't support. Um... Uh, that is a review of Pop 2 from a user on Metacritic. Okay, of the record as a whole. The record as a whole. Yeah, it's a very interesting review of the record as a whole, to be honest. Because there's a um, couple of delicate moments, but it's definitely not good for bedtime. I feel like I've taken a pinger after I listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're allowed to keep that. <laughs> okay, the next one is... Every day we stray further and further away from God's light. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> Again, could be either, but I like the idea of God being Charlie XCX and I would want to stray further towards her light. So I'm going to yeah. go... I'm going to go XCX again for this one. Okay, this is Triple X. And this was a comment on a video that was titled Woman Dressed as a Clown Farting. Hang on, can you repeat that? My mum called me in the middle of of you reading out that title. Can you repeat the title, please? The title is Woman Dressed as a Clown Farting. (laughs) Thank you for reading it a second time. (laughs) <laughs> I can't believe you made me do that. <laughs> okay, the next one is... <laughs> the next one is, God, she must come from a rich family, seeing as how she only thinks about herself. <laughs> These are incredible. 
This one's gotta be Triple X because she's very giving on these records. She's not just giving the gays what they want, but she's very giving in terms of the time for others to speak on the record. There's so many collaborators on it. So this is definitely a Triple X one. This is a Triple X one. You're right. You're very right. <laughs> okay, this next one is um, She Looks Like Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> Um, well, I'm thinking about the artwork of these two records because if we're talking about what she looks like, um, I can, I can see that. I can see the re resemblance of Charlie XCX in Vanessa Hudgens and vice versa, but it's a pretty specific comment to make about artwork, so I'm going to go with Triple X once again. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a review of Charlie X, but if you can call it a review, it's a comment on... Charlie XCX's Out of My Head. Are you joking? And particularly the Pop 2 album cover. I kind of see it. The hair's, the hair's got similarities. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you have to help... <laughs> you have to help me with the next ones because okay. I don't know if I'm going to make it through. Okay. I swear to God... <laughs> I swear to God... If you looked in her purse, you'd find half a dozen fruit snacks. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> now, I know purse is a reference to genitals. So, it's possible that it's triple X. But, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a strange comment to make about Charlie. I'm going to go triple X. You're right. Yes. Triple X. <laughs> yeah. Charlie I don't want to know what happened in that story. It doesn't. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> okay. Next one. Alan Rickman is not dead. He lives inside her voice. <laughs> Um, okay. Played Snape, right? In the Harry Potter movies, yeah. Played Snape, yes, yeah. correct. Snape to the show. Um, okay. I'm just trying to think if you could relate Alan Rickman's voice to her in any of these. Uh, uh, nah, I'm gonna go triple X, and I'm presuming it was a, a strange sort of moaning noise being made that, that triggered such a comment. I don't know what it was, but it, I don't know what video it was from, but it was Triple X, correct? Yes! <laughs> okay, final it's one. one. I won't be searching. Yay! Final one is this song was used for a Pornhub compilation. <laughs> Alright, so I'm gonna say this is. That kind of gives it away. I won't lie. That's that telling me it's Charlie. Um, I wanna try and guess what song it is, though. Maybe, maybe lip gloss. It's kind of got that hard, weird sort of thing to it that would work great for a Pornhub compo. So I'm going to go with XCX. It's XCX, but it's actually 3am pull up. What? That song, <laughs> I'm never going to hear that song the same way anymore. <laughs> I feel like we've ruined both the mixtapes from this game. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like every time it comes on now, I'm going to have to like give someone the tidbit that it was used in a Pornhub compilation. 
<laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed that. Thank you for indulging me. That was another excellent game from you. Um, I'd like listeners to tweet us and review, you know, which was their favourite out of Carly Rae Jepsen review or Ikea furniture review or XCX versus XXX. Yeah, and at the end of the season, we'll bring one of them back. Yeah, it's great as a idea. treat. Love that. Love that as a treat. <laughs> you can have this as a treat. <laughs> I think that game kind of leads in well into the kind of ridiculous nature of what Charlie does, though. Like, there's something about the way she conducts herself on socials and even the way she kind of like plays the rock star on stage, but in sort of like an ironic way. Everything she does is a little bit ridiculous and I think it's why her fans are so, I guess, crazy themselves and kind of fun-loving and they don't take things too seriously, which I think is the essence of what makes the whole Charlie XCX experience so great. Absolutely. It's a, it's an absolute radical transparency that she has. She is a ratchet human being. Um, we It's, it's well documented <laughs> that she likes a party and loves a shampers and she will let everyone know about that um i i remember i actually have a, a distinct memory of working at a radio station and she was coming in i was producing a radio show at the time and i got asked to go downstairs she was coming in at 11 a.m so it's about 10 a.m got asked to go downstairs to the liquor land and get a, a bottle of moet for her arrival oh my god i absolutely love that absolute queen shit she too i, I will actually su- suffix the story with saying she didn't drink it um, she said she wasn't drinking at the time. So the, 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 <laughs> Who got the I, I memo so it. wrong? I don't know. I understand if Actually, somebody thought it would be a nice gesture to get her a, a bottle of champagne at like 6pm, but 11am yes. you've got to know that she's coming in hot. And also she's like, I'm not drinking on this tour. Like it was a distinct like, oh no drinking Oh my god, that tour. is so good. But, but going back to what you were talking about, you're right. There is an absolute bonkersness to the way she conducts herself. She's always been incredibly transparent on social media with various things, you know, with, with, with when releases go wrong, with even even crowdsourcing what songs should be coming out or what she adds to her Spotify playlist or, um, you know, we, we, we get to see everything she does and we get to see her holidays. We get to see her going to various beaches with her best friends and just living it up like and these records are they speak to that you're exactly right they're they're genuine they're true to form they're true to her most wild pop ideas they they follow no kind of length structure like everything about it just speaks to the kind of person she is do you think there's a risk to being so transparent and so giving on social media because i feel like she gave these mixtapes and people kind of became used to getting a lot of content from Charlie and they expected it all the time. And I think in the year following the mixtapes, there were a few songs in particular that people really just got on her case about releasing. Do you think sometimes you can be too giving towards fans? Absolutely. It's a really hard line to find and I don't think anyone knows the answer to where the line actually is. Um, I feel like artists are often just sort of guessing you know, what they should be honest about and what they should keep to themselves. Um, that said, I think she's probably weaved her way out of that again now that she has been releasing so much music in the last particularly two two to three years. But there was yeah. a period there where where Sophie would go and play shows and she'd just drop random Charlie songs that she'd been working on and then the band would be on Charlie, 
Charlie's case. I remember, we, I think you were at the the Sophie gig in Sydney. Yeah. When she played, she played like a Charlie song. She was like, no one film this. No one tell Charlie I'm playing it. She played I'm No Angel play for the first time. And I think Charlie right. dropped that just out of like, shut the fuck up and leave me alone. <laughs> and I love what, like, she still needs to release Taxi. But... She started her New York show and actually played Taxi out in full. And I feel like she's got this thing where obviously it gets annoying and like people are greedy, but at the same time she kind of plays into it and she trolls back. So there's kind of like this back and forth there. And it's funny because I feel like last week we were talking about how Carly Rae Jepsen kind of had to understand memes and understand what was going on and why her popularity was spiking online whereas charlie's the opposite she knows exactly what's going on she's across everything and she plays it to her advantage so i think she deserves like massive props for what she's done in that sense absolutely and she is the she is the marketing tools you know you've got artists who rely on a great video or a great you know great marketing campaign or bloody paid facebook ads but charlie's mere existence and her chaotic nature and the way that fans interact with that and react to that, that is the marketing in itself. It's genius. Yeah. Amazing. I feel like we've gotten on so well this podcast, which has been really lovely. <laughs> do we need to end on a I want to create some a more. Sort of sour note? Yeah. yeah. I want math exactly. style drama. <laughs> so I, I want to put you on blast and test if you actually know either of these records. Okay, yeah. With a little bit of a lyric quiz. Oh, I'm fucked. I'm absolutely no, So I'm gonna help you I'm gonna help you out. I'm not gonna throw you okay. completely in the deep end. I'm gonna give you three options. So I'm gonna give you the start of the lyric and then three options for what could be the end of the lyric. Okay, deal. Alright, let's see how you go. The first lyric is made a lot of trees. Is made the a lot end, of trees. Made a lot of trees. Is the end of that, I got money coming in, or is it with lots of leaves, or is it they are now in a book section? You can't look it up. I'm not going to. <laughs> My hands are here. <laughs> My eyes are on you. <laughs> no looking up going on. Look at me in the eyes. Okay, so made a lot of trees. Did you say one of the options was now they got leaves? With lots of leaves. With lots of leaves. Now they're in a book section? Yeah, that was the last one. Okay, so that would imply that they're turning the trees into paper and therefore, therefore books. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go the leaves one. And it's a complete guess because I have no idea where this lyric is from. Okay, so this is Tommy Cash's verse in Delicious on Pop 2. It's one of the strangest moments on the mixtape. And the line is, made a lot of trees, they are now in a book section. Damn it! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shut up, Tommy Cash. Also, I think you should be banned from giving me the, the feature artist's lyrics. I think it should all be Charlie lyrics. They're literally all the feature artists. Oh. I said that I wanted war. Okay, well, war you've got then. Hit me with the second. (laughs) 
You've come underpre- anyway. underprepared, basically. Uh, <laughs> that, you're it's exactly right. Unprofessional. You haven't learnt the lyrics. <laughs> the next one is, could drop an ice tray, is the following line, and I still won't be slipping, and still be making ice, or, and you can catch me tripping. Uh, okay, I'm going to say this is a cupcake-involved moment, and it's... The slipping one. Yeah, you're right. It is cupcake yes! and it's slipping. <laughs> Which song's it in? <laughs> it's one of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got to look. You know what I've done? I've written out all of this and I haven't marked what the right answer is. <laughs> <laughs> so you doing this off memory this is absolutely standard just after you schooled me just after you you ripped me to pieces on under preparation (laughs) here's you guessing the answers of your own game but i do think i remember it (laughs) i do remember the next one i'm confident are you ready okay yeah ready to go how many more of these are there there's only two more okay you seem uninterested. This game, no, it stresses me out. That's. Hit <laughs> <laughs> me right. third. Bake, 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 bake. I'm not a chef. Is the following line, but I'm getting baked, but I'm getting caked, or but I'm serving souffle? Baked, caked, souffle. Yeah. I'm going to go, and no, I'm not Googling. I'm going to (laughs) go, this is, it's caked, and it's Dorian Electra on Fembot. It is caked, but it's Ray on Dreamer. (laughs) Not even the right mixtape. No. Well, that's pretty good. Thank you. I got the Can you just please. appreciate that I had to make up the other options? So I came up with, but I'm serving souffle. <laughs> you need to write a pop song at some point that involves souffle baking in a couple of lines. Instead of yeah. A response moment. Well, Charlie's in the studio. If she needs me, I can be there. <laughs> Final one. Put me out of my misery. Although it hasn't been as miserable as I thought it would be. I'm on 50, I'm on... You're doing well. You're two out of three. You've got a majority at the moment. Okay, the final one. Hard drive crash you don't remember. Is it? Is the following line, Charlie bit your whittle finger, or Charlie bitch make you remember, or Charlie doesn't need your pinger? Well, the last one is obviously you making it up. That's... (laughs) fairly obvious <laughs> I cannot confirm nor deny <laughs> until I give you an answer um, I'm going to say this is Brooke Candy on I Got It and it's the um, uh, the Charlie Bitch one it's not the Charlie Bitch one and it's not Brooke Candy, it's Mickey Blanco and <laughs> it's Charlie Bitch Your Whittle Finger Go away, Mickey. Can you Blanco. believe that? You do make Fembot, right? Yeah. 
I, no, I can't. I actually can't. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it again because I didn't hear that in my favourite song of mine, the mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, such, for being such a fan of Fembot, you really haven't proved it, have you? No, no, I really haven't. Once again, under preparation from me. Absolutely noted by the podcast community. <laughs> I feel like we're ending on a bad note, so I'd like to extend no. you an olive, an olive branch and thank you. Okay. I'll take, I'm pulling your olive branch out of your face time. <laughs> Thank you for your olive branch. It smells weird. We've had me, fun though. Let, and you know what? Let me offer you this leaf that I got sent with the new Alshkir, um <laughs> record. When they sent me a vinyl, they sent me this leaf. You can have that. I'm actually going to hold you to that and you have to post it to New York, which is quite Deal. expensive. It's on route now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Alright, well let's finish by saying we love both Pop 2 and Number 1 Angel. We're both agreeing that Pop 2 is our favourite mixtape, is that correct? Yeah, I'm happy to agree to that. To be honest with you, at the start of this podcast I was sort of even, but the more we've discussed it and unpacked it, I think Pop 2, you're right, it really, that was the one that really everyone I think will look back on and go, yeah, this had classic pop records from top to tail. It was, wow. it was brilliant. And we we love the, the podcast Charles. was we like a therapy Charlie, session for you. It was. I've come out with resolutions. How, where do you think um, Charlie the album sits in terms of ranking the mixtape with it? That's a really good question. I, oh, I'd probably put it in terms of amount of very good songs. Um, they're almost even, but I would have to go like number one angel, third. Charlie second, Pop 2 first, because if we're talking amount of songs that were great, like like proportion of songs that were great, yeah. that's probably the that's probably the the ranking. Would you would you agree? Yeah, I totally agree with that. I thought you were gonna stop at amount of songs and I was like, well Charlie wins then. <laughs> yes. Just on a technicality because there's five more songs we, there. We, we now review albums purely on the Song the quantity. So unfortunately, Close Chris Malanga. Brown wins for his last yeah. album. Yeah, but fifty-six <laughs> songs or something. Sorry to announce it. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. This has been fun. We'll see you next. Sam, time. a true pleasure. And something I realised we forgot to ask the listeners to do last week: um, review us on <laughs> iTunes on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, for your chance it- to win a Tesla. <laughs> Goodbye.